This is Design Like City. I'm Aaron, and today we've got Quinnell Dixon on the show with us. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And his wife, Adrian's in the studio with us, too. She's just hanging out taking pictures. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, so these guys own an embroidery, uh, custom embroidery, embroidery studio, studio called Embrogo, and you can probably Google Embrogo and find out what they're all about. Um, Quinnell is a headwear specialist and all-around creative and fairly new to Salt Lake, right? How, how long have you guys yeah, been here? Yeah, we've been here about a year and a half, so I felt like I was cheating you a little bit on this uh, Design Lake City thing, but we just made it. I feel, yeah. I feel like a year and a half is good enough to be a part of Salt Lake. Now, yeah, right? for sure, and it's <laughs> rad to get like people's insights that are like out of the city and came to the city. And, like, Absolutely. You know, what, what it's actually think? funny you say that because coming in... Um, like we said, we've been here about a year and a half, yeah. and people are like, you don't look like or act like you're from here, yeah. so where are you from? <laughs> you're like, precisely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So for your listeners out there, we are actually from sunny San Diego, California, oh, okay. so. Nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> a little and different. Quinnell and uh, Christian, our uh, producer, sound engineer, um, met walking to the Pride Festival yeah. last year. and so Yeah, he walked out his door, we parked right over yeah. here, and then we just kind of started chatting. <laughs> and, and Christian, for like, since we've been doing this, since like October, he's like, yo, I, I, I met this guy, super creative, you gotta have him on the podcast. And so I'm, right. I'm glad we made it happen. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so let's start with some warm-up questions. Cool. Just kind of rapid fire. First question, what's your favorite drink? You know what, I'm into all different types of sparkling water right now. Okay. Yeah, I and think that's a healthier way. I'm starting to, yeah. I'm starting to hopefully be a little bit more conscious about what I drink, but I still have a lot of my outbursts. But like right now, I'm sipping on a <laughs> sparkling water, yeah. a yeah. strawberry, I don't know, pomegranate, <laughs> some something. So I figure I love the bubbles. I think mm. I can get rid of soda if I can keep the bubbles. That's yeah. what it is. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, sparkling water is kind of having its day right now. So, oh my gosh, you, know, you can find it everywhere. Absolutely. Um, how about next question? Do you have a most treasured possession? I know this can sound kind of can sound kind of cliche, right? But I feel like my family is obviously my biggest and most uh treasurable possession mm. because I've you know, I've had actual possessions and material things that give you temporary satisfaction, but you know, your family, your children, your spouse, I mean those things are gonna be long lasting as long as you're here on this earth. So I feel like that's gonna be definitely the the number one treasure yeah. possession. That I no, have. that's legit. I like that. Like, yeah, some people talk about, like, their favorite object they hide in their dresser or something, but... Dude, and yeah, the objects you... just come and go, and you yeah. get over it. Like, you know, you get a new phone. Like, I loved I loved this iPhone 11 Pro when I got yeah. it. <laughs> and now I'm like, ah, feels like my 7 again. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh. Oh, you have some pens too? I do, man. Okay. I, and it's bad, actually. My wife oh. just reminded me. I am obsessed with pens. If I had to pick an object, it would be a really good 0.7 millimeter pen that I love. It doesn't mm -hmm. even, I don't care what color it is, but I love pens. Like, there's times when my wife is, I'm looking at her because my pen is gone out yeah. of my specific spot that I have it. Yeah, depressing. And she's, yeah, it's, I don't know why. Yeah. I think I developed it. I worked at the bank a while and, uh, and you're writing all day, you know? So I think that's kind of when I developed a love of having a good pen. And uh, I'm eyeing the one that you got in your hand right now. Yeah, right? That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> the pilot, fine liner. He's <laughs> right. uh, I'll think about giving it to you. We'll see how this interview right, goes. Right, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, no, you're in good company. Like, I definitely have a fetish for pens. I think most people that come on the show, you know? It's like, if you, if, yeah, if you sketch or you draw, it's like you, you, you yeah, have your favorites. That's true. Creatives, man. I mean, that's yeah. definitely what you get a creative for Christmas is some good pens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, next question. What is something 
that uh, people might not know about you that they they could or should, and the, even people that are close to you, like yeah. Know about. Um, well, I think I think the ongoing thing that a lot of people may not know about me, especially as I'm starting to jump into this world of being a creative and a business owner and um, and an entrepreneur. A lot of people don't know that I'm actually a choreographer first. Right. Um, that's that's I mean that's how I ended up here in Salt Lake City. That's what keeps my what keeps me sane, you know, yeah. and, um, but it's, it, it's cool because that's something that, that, that I can offer that is cool. Not like, oh, I, you know, have a bee catching hobby. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with bee catching, but you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just another thing that, um, I guess adds to my arsenal, adds to my belt that people did not know about me, Yeah, but it's interesting every time I say it, they go, oh really? And then it kind of leads down a whole other path. Well, so. and there's definitely like cross pollination between the, those different worlds, like the dance world and like, you know, creative, like graphic world. Yeah. And um, so what what kind of choreography are you? Um, a lot of urban styles, like hip-hop. A lot of oh, urban cool. um, styles of, I would just say urban raw styles of movement. Nice. That's what I do. It actually, dance, like I said, dance was first. And being a creative actually kind of came after dance because huh. you have to find other ways to supplement your income, right? right. So then you, you, you kind of figure out what can I do to supplement my income but still stay creative and expressive at the same time. Yeah, that's not super uncommon. We had um, another individual, Gary, who was on the podcast, and he had mm -hmm. a whole career like as a dancer and had a company before he got into like his interior design work nice. and stuff. Nice, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's all like kind of like bubbling creative mm -hmm. work. Absolutely. Right? I feel like once a creative, always a creative. You can't really be, well, you can, but I figure when you get a taste of freedom per se, you know, from the nine to five, there's nothing wrong with it. But once you get a taste from it, you start to find out in what other ways can I stay creative mm. and still, you know, provide for myself and provide for my family. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. How, how do you bring home the bacon with Absolutely. the work? Absolutely. So um, is there somewhere we can, like, see some of your, like, choreography? Do you have stuff online? Or? Oh, yeah. So if you go to, I mean, YouTube is not really where my, my biggest um, influence is. Yeah. My biggest influences right now have to be Instagram at Quinnell Bash, Q-U-I-N-E-L-L-B-A-S-H, okay. -L -L or on TikTok at the same exact handle. Mm. Okay, cool. And I can post that on the Absolutely. Um, podcast yes. blurb, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, so question four, the mandatory question, how did yeah. you get your start in design and creativity and and um, what was like kind of your early training? Um, you know what? I'm I'm self-taught. I actually yeah. started in, I want to say 2010 when I actually okay. was um, exposed. And it was like right when YouTube was really hot. Yeah. I knew, I, I graduated high school in 05. I went to college in 06. I tried it. And I tried it, and I tried it for eight minutes, and <laughs> it was really hard to really stick it, you know? Mm. And I'm not saying I just knew deep down me being a creative was going to, you know, lend me to where I'm at now. That's not what I'm saying. Yep. What I am saying, though, is that it was really hard for me to finish high school and then say to myself, I'm going to go to school for another four years right. to not know what I'm going to do. Yeah, you know? so I see that. I started dabbling as YouTube became to get bigger. I started oh. dabbling in Photoshop. I've self-taught on Photoshop. I'm self-taught in Illustrator. Mm. I self-taught on Adobe, Adobe Premiere, Final Cut Pro. So I just kind of touched as many creative outlets as I could. Yeah. In the, um, you know, in 2010 till about 20. 
15, I would say, was like a lot of that learning curve as I was working my regular job, as I was dancing, as mm -hmm. I was trying to consistently try and stay creative. Um, I was touching a lot of these outlets. And it's so funny because once you start learning one outlet, a lot of them just kind of lend themselves. Totally. Right? Like yeah. to. Yeah, once you learn, learn one software, like. Yeah, a lot of it same, almost has like the same kind of. Not the same like interfacing, but it has yeah. like a lot of the same aspects, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and like the same part of your brain that you use to like execute something. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I run a program now with my embroidery business that. I'm like, whoa, this copy-paste feature, this, you know, uh, feature that I would do on Photoshop, my fingers are so used to that. Yeah. So now I do it on this program, and look at that. It works. So, you know, like little things like that. So cool. it's um, I, I'm self-taught since 2010. Mm. And then how how did you guys, like, land on Salt Lake? We, we, we were talking about that a little bit before we started recording, but, like, what, <clears throat> what like, got your eyes on Salt Lake? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't actually know what a Salt Lake City was when, <laughs> when I first— <Yeah. laughs> When I first was exposed to it, um, it was 2016, and uh, I met. It was actually 2015. I met some dancers at a at a really big hip hop uh, convention called Hip Hop International. Mm. And long story short, one of the dancers actually invited me out to Salt Lake City, okay. to Utah, yeah, yeah, um, to teach. And I said, okay, you know, let's do it. Came out to Utah. I thought nothing of it at the time because it was just a gig. And then they brought me back, and then I came back another time, and then I brought my family. And my wife was like, you know, it's a kind of, you know, it's a cool place, but it's not really for me. Yeah. So, you know, let's kind of, let's, let's hang that up. <laughs> we'll table that. But yeah, we'll yeah. table that. We'll put a pin in that one. But then we came back alone and we came to Sugar House and mm -hmm. we came to, um, we went downtown and we ate and we saw the community. And mm -hmm. a lot of the things just really lent itself to a smaller version of San Diego. Huh. But we knew that there was opportunity here for us yeah. and for our children and the things that we heard about you know, Utah in terms of it being more of a family-based community. Totally. And I looked at it more so as, I was like, yeah, that's cool for my kids and my family. You know, that's a given. Mm -hmm. But I looked at the opportunity that we had owning a business and bringing our kind of tenacity of what we brought from San Diego yeah. to Salt Lake City mm -hmm. and, and you know, see if anything stuck, and it did, so. Yeah, I think there are, like, opportunities here. There are windows for people to, like, start something and have Absolutely. it be successful. Absolutely. And we actually, the funny thing about that is I, since moving here, I've found out so many brands and companies that come out of here, it's ridiculous, yeah. that I know from being back at home. Hmm. But I'm like, oh, and they're from Utah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Because I feel like the, a lot of the Utah community kind of backs itself. Hmm, yeah. Like it's really it's really big, what I've seen so far, on um, small business. Okay, what's your small business? Cool. Yeah. How can I connect you with the right people? How can we help you? How could we, you know, get you to where you need to go? And it's um, it's really cool to have that backing and not like kind of like that dogma of like, let me see how you can benefit me. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's nice. Like, what a good endorsement for Salt Lake. I, I appreciate that, and I think everybody else does, too. Yeah, you know? no, I, like, I mean, that's my, my wife and yeah. I both feel the same way, yeah. I think, about it. And it's been, yeah, this last year and a half has been incredible, just kind of seeing what it's been doing for us as a family and as a business. That's awesome. Well, I want to say, like, welcome, even though it's been a year and a half. Yeah. But also, like, you know, I'm excited to see what you guys get into in the next coming Absolutely. years, too. Thank you. Um, so do you have, um, the next question, mm -hmm. do you have like a favorite design or favorite piece of creative work that like maybe you think you should be known for? Like if you had one piece that would be the one you're known for? So we actually are, um, in Brogo, it actually has a meaning. So we, mm -hmm. for those of you guys who, did, who you know, didn't quite catch what we do as a creative company, we own a custom um, embroidery business. And 
with it being custom, we actually run it out of a trailer. So we run oh. it out of a 1967 um, Aristocrat Land Commander, to be exact, which oh, right. is an old school trailer that we converted. Yeah. And Embrogo stands for Embroidery on the Go. Oh, cool. By your bro in the middle of it. <laughs> Love it. Embrogo. Yeah. So um, I think that that work of art right there, it sounds small mm-hmm. and it sounds very, like, I guess minute, but I love the trailer because the idea behind it, right? Like yeah. you're 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 bringing business to people, you're in the trailer, people love to come to the trailer, you know, have a beer, sit in the trailer, mm. hang out while I'm embroidering. That's I nice. think it's the experience. I think that's yep. what the biggest thing that I like about it is we're not just doing work, but we're creating an experience for people while they're there. Uh. And I think right now in this particular time and season, that trailer thing is like Everything to me because we we think about like let's go out to um, Liberty Park and play volleyball. We can pull up the trailer with music and embroider mm-hmm. and have fun. And so I think it's really like a nice little staple that could be cohesive in any direction that we go. Uh, I love that answer. This might be a weird question for you because you seem like really like outgoing and and like articulate. But do you get nervous and kind of like plugged up? Absolutely. And, and, and how do you deal with that? Uh. I, you never get over the nerves, man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. You could be speaking in front of you and I only. I got nervous as soon as I hit the door. I could be speaking in front of 50 people. I could be dancing in front of 100 people. Yeah. It. I think the nerves are good because it allows you to see where you're at and how you can take a snapshot of where you're at and how do you process those feelings, mm. right? So being nervous, I love being nervous because it allows me to take a step back, process my feelings, mm. see how I need to react in that moment, yeah. and then deliver. Yeah, that's So, um, you know, I, I think the best answer for that is nervousness um, lends itself to reflection, mm-hmm. and from reflection lends itself to action. Gotcha. And I think that's how I process every time I get nervous. Mm, I like that. So you step away and you you have like some work to do with with like Absolutely. that situation. Oh, I have that conversation, that in, internal conversation. When I get nervous, I go, "Why am I nervous? Yeah, is it okay to be nervous? Yeah, should I be nervous? Like I have all of these Dang. these. That's good. That's like so know, mature to me. I, I love yeah. that. Like I I try to do that a little. And it too, doesn't but, happen all the time. Yeah. But when I walked in, as yeah. soon as I started, um, as soon as I started feeling nervous, I asked myself, "Well, mm. well why are you nervous?" That was mm. the only question I asked myself. Yeah. And then I was like. Uh, I don't really know. Mm, yeah. And it's something you <laughs> And then I went from there and I was yeah. like, okay, don't be nervous. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's because you like psych yourself out. Being nervous, you yeah. can psych yourself out for, for sure. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if we, if, yeah, like you said, you use the perfect word, like the maturity mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. it sounds, it sounds hard, but it's really not. It's not mm-hmm. complicated. When you're nervous, take that moment and go, ask yourself those, those, those questions because then you'll soon find that if you can answer, I'm not as nervous as I think I am then you're fine, you know, so. I love it. Okay, question seven. Mm-hmm. What do you consider a, a, a successful career? Like, what is your definition of, like, you know, being a successful creative person? Oh, in this one has so much meat on it, man. And I, I think it's so funny because I read so many books and I look at different levels of success to people, yep. right? I think it's all relative. Uh, success is relative to the person. Success for me could be having a franchise with our embroidery business. Success to you could look different. Success to my wife could could look different. So yeah. um, I think as a broad answer, success really is relative to the person. Hmm. But if we're speaking directly to me, yep. success to us, honestly, is I think comfort. And I don't hmm. mean by comfort like I'm comfortable in the season where I'm at, but comfortable no matter what. Comfortable in rain, comfortable 
in disaster, hmm. comfortable when it feels good, comfortable when it feels bad, comfortable when business is great, comfortable yeah. when business is not great. I think that takes another level of maturity um, when you can say, you know what, like this season right now isn't the best season. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I see that. Mm-hmm. I realize that, but it's okay. Yeah. This season is great, but I'm not going to get too comfortable in this season because it can change, you know? So mm-hmm. I think just being kind of compliant with whatever is thrown at you is how I find the biggest, um, just the biggest area of opportunity, you huh. know, in that. So um, success to me changes. Success yep. right now in this very season is making sure that my kids can do anything that they want. Uh, <laughs> That's the biggest thing my wife and I talk about. We're like, yeah. we want to make sure that the kids can play basketball and karate and, yeah. and you know, Cricket. I don't care. Well, you know, I don't know what it is, yeah. but being able to have those experiences for them because we didn't have those growing up. Gotcha. So yeah. we didn't have the opportunity to have those growing up yeah. because it wasn't financially feasible. So well, hopefully Salt Lake's the place that we're Salt Lake is going to be that place yeah. right now, man. <laughs> that gives us yeah. that freedom. I like that though. Like it's not comfort zone necessarily. It's more like com- comfort in your life and your mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yes. Contentment. Yeah, content. yeah. Contentment is going to be the perfect word uh-huh. for that. Sorry. Uh-huh. Content. And that's nice because then that le- leaves an opening for you to do the creative work you want to do mm-hmm. right? if you've got that space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's 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 true. When yeah. you're content in yeah. where you're at, it doesn't pull a strain on yourself creatively. Yeah. I think as creatives, we're led by our emotion. So if your emotion feels like you're, like you're down, it's going to pull a strain on how you create. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And... Uh, with you and I both being creatives and um, and just the people that we we kind of put ourselves around, being able to be free in your creativity is the biggest thing for us to create more because we That's may huge. create that next piece or that next thing that could be monumental. But if we didn't have that freeing and confidence and contentment in ourselves, mm-hmm. who knows when it's going to come out? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point because like all the hard work you do, like trying to make money and like level up, it's it, for a creative person, it's mm-hmm. to make that space so you Absolutely. can do what you love. Absolutely, right? that's good. Um, okay, so how about your most valuable design skill or like a skill that you think's had the biggest impact on your career so far? Um, it, 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 I wouldn't say this is particularly a skill, but I think uh, the ability to be consistent mm. is a skill. Yeah, <laughs> being consistent is a skill. For you sure. know, even if it's not physically, it's it's mentally, it's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. more so all encompassing when you feel like you have that skill of um consistency. Consistency has to be the biggest thing for me. Mm. Um if I don't consistently create, then I don't consistently put out content, yeah. right? Or work. Yeah. Or if I don't consistent if I don't be if I'm not consistent, sorry, and um and um putting out work to the masses, then no one's going to see the work, you know? So I think consistency has to be the biggest thing for me in terms of skill. And when you Mm -hmm. master the skill of consistency, I feel like it's the, it's the saying like Will Smith says, Mm -hmm. you could be the most talented person, the most skilled, the most gifted, the most gorgeous. But if you don't put in the work and you don't put in the the consistent hours of beating your body to a specific thing, then your skill means nothing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you haven't been exercising it. Absolutely, and, uh, it so, can atrophy. Yes. So I think skill has. To, I mean, skill is you know is developed through the consistency in which that we mm. that we put out. That's awesome. That's like a really good reminder too, because I think that that's something that everybody can achieve. You know, mm-hmm. if you just kind of like have some discipline, mm-hmm. you can be consistent. But yeah, like it's easy to like kind of fall off the train. Yeah. I mean, think about it when you. A skill is developed over hours of repetition. Yeah. Right? 
there's a difference between a skill and a talent. Yeah. You can be naturally talented at something. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you're going to be skilled at it. Yeah. Right? I can naturally shoot a basketball. If I don't shoot a basketball enough, so there's going to be some kid that comes up under me mm-hmm. that does it every day, yeah. 10 hours a day, and become yeah. more skilled in that specific area than me. Same thing with design. If you're not creating, it doesn't matter what it is. If you, yeah. if you shade for a day... And you shade for a day every day for t- 10 hours a day, <laughs> eventually your shading is going to be yeah. super, yeah, tight. super tight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people are going to be like, dang, how do I get there? But the, you may, ha- may not have even been the most talented person at it, though. Uh, but you stayed consistent and you developed a skill with the work ethic that you put into it. All right, let's do a few more like rapid fire mm-hmm. questions. So just quick ones. Do you have a favorite design oriented brand out there that you kind of look up to? Man, I there's a few, man. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to pick one. Sure. I think the biggest thing that I'm the biggest some of the biggest brands that I'm being inspired by right now has to be Brixton. Okay. Brixton Manufacturing Company. They're actually uh-huh. based out of San Diego. Yeah. Um, they're rad, man. Just like their their style of, uh-huh. they're one of the first brands that I've seen that could be, you don't like. It's such a chameleon brand. You don't know what it is. It could be a skate brand, mm. or it could be a brand that represents bands, or a brand that represents punk. Like I don't know how, to, and it's a clothing brand. I don't know how to classify them, but I think they're just they're just all about culture. So you can see that in every piece that they create, everything that they put out, even in the designs. It's just a culture brand. Um, Brixton is one. And if I had to go with a second brand that I really um, that I really love right now, I still love the authenticity of Supreme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, They're just killing it. Yeah, yeah man. Mm-hmm. Just that, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we represent the skate culture and we don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, can I say that? Yeah, totally. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't ask. We're, I didn't we're ask. like PG-13 here. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry. I love that we yeah. don't give a shit attitude. Yeah. I love it because yeah. they're like, you know what? Like, this was made by skaters. It's going to be ran by skaters. And we are skaters. Yeah. Like DGK. Uh-huh. You know, Dirty Ghetto Kids. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm really loving brands that you could take a look at and you go, you know what? You don't have this big guy venture capitalist backing you. Yeah. You, you are you because... Because you created it. Yeah. And the the integrity of the brand looks great because you created it. And I think that's one thing as a dancer is like, you know, and, and no diss to people who who like this community of dance, but I come from the urban street style of dance. So you have people come in and they, you know, they try and represent dance in a way where you're like, bro, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't get it. And you don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, they're like, well, help me know. Help me understand. Interesting. And we're not doing anything for ourselves to actually put something out there to where we say, you know what? This is us. This is our brand. This yeah. is how we stand, and this is what we stand for. And I think that's what I'm trying to create with Embrogo mm. is, like, creating a culture to where when someone sees it, they can go, ah, I get it. Like, mm. I know that's yeah. a dance thing. Right. I see dancers in there. I was just in China a few months ago, and I can spot a dancer from a mile away. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I spotted five of them. I'm like, you guys are dancers. They go, yeah, how'd you know? Just because uh. we know that culture. <laughs> we know that walk. We know that swagger. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you could tell I was not a dancer. Right? No, no, you look, you look like a dancer. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll, I'll take the half back. <laughs> so I, awesome. think, I think that's what it is. I think I went on a tangent right yeah. there. But, um, yeah, those two brands definitely encompass and embody who they are. 
are. And mm -hmm. I love that even though I'm not a skater, even though I'm not a surfer, even though I'm not uh, a band artist, I understand how they put the, um, the brand behind the culture. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> Brixton and Supreme, yeah, and there's 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 a few more like that, but like those kind of super underground, mm -hmm. like creating their own rules. I love that too. Yeah. Um, so what what's something uh, everybody should try at least once in their life? Dang. Something that scares the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that scares the shit out of you. Okay. And I, I'm what? not I'm not that. You know what's so funny? That speaks to me. Thank you, love. I I don't do anything that scares me. Like. I do from a business perspective. Yeah. I will be the guy that's like, hey, guess what? We should start a new business tomorrow. My wife's like, wait a minute. And I'm like, let's just try it and see what it does. But I think from, I don't do anything that's uncomfortable like jumping out of a plane. Like, I, I ain't there yet. Uh -huh. And I think you would do it, huh? Mm -hmm. No? Okay. But, but you're advocating <laughs> others do that? Like, I'm advocating you guys do something that's it. scary. But you know what? Since, you know, we are, you know, speaking design and yeah. we're speaking business, I say take a chance and a risk in your business. Yeah. Even if it hurts for a little bit, right? I mean, be measurable with your risk. Don't, you know, start a company today and say, I need to go find a million dollars tomorrow because I have this big idea for a watch company. I'm saying take actionable steps. But what I am saying is, and I read this in a book by Jen Sincero called um, uh, Start Something. I mean, no, not Start Something Bad. I'm sorry. That's Blake McCloskey. Um, you're a badass at making money. Okay. And she said, the biggest thing I can tell you is go out and every single day do something that hurts a little bit. Hmm. If, you got, if you have five bucks, give away two. If you... Uh -huh. Uh, you know, if you are stand, standing in the line at Starbucks and you can only afford your coffee, buy it for somebody else. Like huh. things that that are going to get your brain accustomed to taking risks, so that when it come it comes a season where a risk seems too immeasurable, hmm. you're going to take it because your body and your mind is so used to taking a risk. Mm. So um, back to that consistency, like that you're doing consistency. It every day, you do it for two weeks, boom, Absolutely. you're doing it easy. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times the risk and the scare is going to come from things that your mind immediately wants to fight off as a no. Mm. If your mind is like, mm, yeah, but I'm not going to do that, that's probably the thing you should do. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Love so, <laughs> yeah, that speaks to myself. Um, take Rad. risks. Do do stuff that scares you. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, I think that's, that's pretty solid. So. Yeah, perfect. Okay, question 11. Mm -hmm. What do you, and I guess you guys, what do you guys do outside of um, your practice, creative mm -hmm. practice, uh, that you consider to be positively influential to your design chops and your, you know, creative work. Meeting meet, meet new people, huh. getting out, networking, meeting new people, uh, understanding this culture and this community here in Salt Lake. It's really cool because I heard the I heard the term Small Lake City. Yeah, and I'm starting to see a lot of reasons why now. My oh, wife yeah. just did a shoot the other day, and she saw a lady, and she's like, "You look very familiar." And she's like, "Yeah, I don't know, whatever it is." The lady came back, and she was like. You did you did a hat for me at, at DIY Fest. My wife's like, mm -hmm. yeah. And she's like, BT Dubs, I need more hats. Like, so I Perfect. think if you're not out in the community, you're not networking, you're not, and you're not meeting new people, it's you're really doing yourself a disservice. Mm. Um, because there's so many cool people out there, man. Not just here in Salt Lake, just anywhere. You know, like wherever you're at, wherever you're listening from, like be able to and be okay, right? That can be scary. Yeah. To get sure. out and meet yep. new people and network on purpose. Yeah. I wear I wear my custom embroidery hat every single day. Uh. Um, I may look like a bum, <laughs> but I do it on purpose. <laughs> no, I mean, it's classy for the listeners. Yeah. It's a classy hat. It's so. a classy hat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Little sunspots and stuff on it. Sure. But um, I do that as an intention to say, 
this is going to force me to get out and network today mm-hmm. because someone eventually is going to ask me what my hat means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And yeah. Um, yeah, and that's just a, a reason for me to get out and network and to, to meet new people and talk to new people. And yeah. especially now that it's getting warmer here in Salt Lake City, uh-huh. you got to get out a lot more. Yeah, and get out with your kids and meet other, you know, creative people with kids at the playground Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. Get, get, on, get to events. Uh, we <clears throat> we want to do some more events with, like kind of associated to Design Lake City too. So Love it. Um, we'll definitely get you guys involved. But like, Please. And, and if you have any any ideas like what we should be doing, that's we're kind of in that phase. Like, what's what's something we can do to bring the community together, but like mm. that's not uh, a typical like event, you know? Well, you know so. what we you know what we realize is especially with being here in Salt Lake City, there's not a lot of collective things going on. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, you may get an event that's for dancers or an event that's for marketers or an event that's for this, but you don't really get all encompassing events. You yeah. don't get like an event that's like, you know, there is there is a cooking event, but we invited a band, mm-hmm. a small family band, and then we invited uh, a coffee shop. And yeah. I don't know, I feel like a collective of things is okay. always fun. Yeah. When you put a collective of different sorts together, you create um, just the culture around whatever it is that they all do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm 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 like a farmer's market guy. So I like to go one one place, one stop shop and and get and look at everything that I like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a thing, you know, it's, so yeah, it's kind of like, things like that together. Yeah. Maybe like going to the mall, but like a like a new school version of Absolutely. That. Yeah. And a small yeah. and a smaller scale version. You feel yeah. less pressure to, you know, buy and do when you have when you feel like it's just like a fun little collective of people getting together doing something. Uh, nice. Okay, so the next section, the creative process section, Mm -hmm. right? And this is where we find out a little bit more about your inspiration. So the question Mm -hmm. we ask everybody is, um, where do you find inspiration? When and how? Books right now have been the biggest inspiration for me. Um, Reading books, eh, I mean, books have inspired me to keep pushing, I would say. Mm -hmm. But creatively, I actually, I read a lot of people's wiki pages. Is Mm -hmm. that weird? No. I read so many wiki pages. That's awesome. It's actually, I'm freaking real. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> and so we were just talking about like Rick Ross or somebody. You, yeah. you go to like somebody famous and like kind of find out. Absolutely. Like, I'll go to of, someone yeah. famous, but I don't really like people's end product. I don't really uh-huh. care about their end product. I really love, I love the details of like, where did they grow up? Yeah. You know, were they in a single family home or a dual family home? Like, yeah. I don't know. Those weird little nuances uh-huh. are something that I, I really geek out on because I love to be in a position to where I feel like I can cr- relate. If I can't relate, I'm gonna pass by your story. Like, yep. there's the there's the guy, and I'll make this uh, portion of it, you know, quick. His name is, I believe, Robert, Robert uh, Fredrickson. Anyways, um, he's been he he has all these accolades. He went to you know top school for college. Um, he anyways he gave a commencement speech at um, the University, I believe, of Howard. I could be butchering this, but anyways, it was somewhere in the south, and uh, and he's black. And the cool, I, I thought that was cool because I'm like, man, you're like, you're the richest black guy in the world. Awesome. Yeah. Let me look at your wiki page. For though. sure. And his wiki page was just, it was too good. <laughs> I was like, I, 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 I didn't go to college. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't graduate with a physicist and physicist and physicist. <laughs> gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like the resume, like too, too. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're. So like your influence on me at least is just. Not really doing it for me. Yeah. Um, but that but that's all relative, right? Some people can get inspired by that. For sure. But I'll look at someone like a Kevin Hart mm-hmm. who grew up with just his mom and he, you know, is a short dude and he 
always loves comedy and he, you know, just pushed his way and pushed his way and pushed his way and stayed consistent mm. um, and grinded. And I'm like, okay, like, I love this. You know what I mean? Or Damon John, who who um, owns FUBU, his story, mm-hmm. out on the street corner selling hats for 15 years and now he's a multi-billion dollar mogul. So nice. th- those are the things that kind of, th- those are the things that really fuel me. So I think mm-hmm. my inspiration definitely has to be in the story. Yeah. Not re- not necessarily in the design. The story. Okay, cool. I like it. Um, so, do you have tri- tricks for getting out of a rut that you can like share with us? Affirmations. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Being intentional about affirmations. Nice. Um, I, my wife is really good at putting on a lot of positive affirmations throughout the day, just on the TV. You know, as she's cleaning and and um and we're just doing things throughout the day because we do work from home. We work for ourselves. Uh. So I, you know, I'm in and out the house a lot. Um, and just hearing that stuff, you know, going, going to the bathroom and you hear an affirmation like, Oh yeah. Like I could actually think a little different today. You know, I could, uh, uh, put different things in my mind today. So I think ruts are a product of what's, what we're battling in our mind. Mm. A rut comes from the internal battle that you tell your mind, Mm -hmm. because if you have control over your mind, which we we do sometimes, right? But yeah. the funk and the rut comes from this is this is what was said to myself. This is what I decided to take, and this is what I decide to meditate on. Mm. So I, I think that's the only way a rut comes, right? We get thousands of thoughts a day, but yeah. the ones that we internalize, <clears throat> the ones that we take, yeah. can either put us in a rut or can put us in a mood where we feel so light and so you know, uplifted Um, because a rut also has a, a, you know, a counterpart, which is being inspired and feeling encouraged. So, um, yeah, that's how I get out of a rut, man. It's meditation. Where where your mind's at. mm -hmm. Start that with that meditation and continue to just love yourself throughout the day. Yeah. I've been thinking about that too, like affirmations and like doing it during the day. Like, you know Mm -hmm. how um, Muslims um, pray five times a day, right? Yeah. Take the time and like, you know, do do the whole um, ritual. There's something to that. Oh. You know, like taking the time and like kind of remind yourself like what you're trying to do or what you're praying for. And, and you, know. you know, if I can take a step further than affirmations, gratitude is going to be the biggest one for yep. me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where I'm driving and I just start just, you know, telling the Lord how grateful we are. Like mm. I now complain about the same things I'm grateful for, which is weird. I'm like, ah, I really like living in Midvale, but I'm so grateful for living in Midvale. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like cool. switch, switching that, switching that mindset. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be the, yeah, that's definitely the biggest thing is definitely having gratitude and yeah. affirming that you are great and that you are amazing and that you have better days ahead. Yeah, so that's super cool. Like I'm on that train too. I've been trying to like kind of um, mind hack my brain a bit. Yeah, and, yeah mind um, hack. Yeah, yeah, the other day I had like kind of like a crappy day. At the end of the day, I was like, holy shit, I didn't like think anything, like I didn't have any grat- gratitude mm. like all day or like I didn't, mm. I wasn't like grateful for anything all day. Mm. Like that's got to be part of it, you know? Absolutely. Um, without sounding like too cheesy. Yeah, no, but, I know. I, yeah. You hear that, you're like, just be grateful. And yeah. It's like, no, gratitude isn't just words. Like you really yeah. have to like internalize the things that you are grateful mm-hmm. for, you yeah. know what I mean? And really look at them. Because I'm grateful is isn't as as good as I'm so grateful that I have mm-hmm. clothes on my back today. You know, you know? It's, it's so cool too because like through this podcast we're at like what episode 17 or 18 mm-hmm. now, um, and and it keeps coming up like mindset. You know, the connection between creativity and mindset mm-hmm. they're like so interconnected, and yeah. I, I feel like we're like teasing it out here, mm-hmm. and it just like it it, and it, it keeps it, coming. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that's that's where we're at. You know, like since I've started the podcast, I was saying in the last one I've started meditating. Like I've started trying to change myself, just like mm-hmm. seeing that con that connection more clearly and like yeah. how important that is. You Absolutely. Know? Um, okay. So you guys, 
work for clients. You have a lot of clients through you mm-hmm. in Brogo and mm-hmm. embroidery business. Um, do you have like some advice for working with clients? And you probably have a lot in and out every day. So. Um, we talk about this a lot. Uh-huh. Treating every client, no matter the dollar amount, no matter the order, like they're that million dollar client. Mm. And we we do, my wife especially, does a really good job with um, just taking the clients that we have and go, hey, you know, how can we enhance their experience? How can we enhance the effectiveness of them? Because me, I'm the workhorse. So there be, there's times where at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't really care. I do whatever, you know? Yeah. Or there's times I'm like, I'm not making them another hat. How dare that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but she's that happy medium. It's like, look, because like, she runs all of the customer care. And I gladly gave that up because mm-hmm. she's just better at it. There's right. a lot of things that she's better at than me. And that is definitely one of them when it comes to the business. So mm-hmm. I think customer experience is going to be the biggest thing. And this has been told to me since, you know, I learned how to work is customers are the blood of your business because they pay you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you can't appreciate your customers, then you can't appreciate having a business or being in business there. You know, yeah. if, if you, I mean, McDonald's is a pretty bad example because you they 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 can be crappy to you, but you're still gonna go buy the burgers. I have no idea why, but um, taking smaller brands like myself or brands around the city, you know, your experience is gonna be contingent upon if you want to give them your business or not. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a day and age where your your weight of words are heavy now because you can tell one person to another person to another person to another person, especially in Small Lake City, how bad your experience is. Yep. And that's going to definitely and dramatically affect your business. Yeah, word of mouth. Huge. Word of mouth is huge. Mm-hmm. And with social media, all you have to do is put a, 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 you know an Insta story up right. and then 15 people are going to copy that Insta story, screenshot it, and post it up. Like That's just where we're at now. So. Yeah. I think for clients, treat every single client like they're the golden ticket mm-hmm. because you never know what they can do for you. And if they're not that golden ticket, they may know that golden ticket. Mm. So, yeah, I think about that too. Like, <clears throat> if this isn't the perfect client, they might tell somebody, Absolutely. you know, they, they might be the connection to the perfect client. Absolutely. So. Or they can be that client that's just that, you know, I've had plenty of customers where I'm like, you're a little weird, yeah. but you're really good at getting the word out about my business. Hey. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> don't even, don't treat the weird ones weird, you know, treat yeah. the weird ones great too, because uh-huh. they, they, they may be super extroverted and super bubbly and weird to you, but they may hold a lot of weight in their own communities. Mm. So <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so next question about design process. Do you have like a favorite part of the creative process? Like when you get sitting into it? with my clients, man. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Cool. The networking with the clients, understanding their ideas, understanding uh-huh. what they want out of it. Because the product, I feel like the end product is just a cherry, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, you guys are going to arrive there. Sure, but how you come in, the things that we spitball, the things that we throw at the wall, the things that we, you know, say yes and no to. I love that portion because here's the kicker. That part of the process is not the, the the is not the transaction, right? That part of the process is the relationship, mm. and that's the part that I love is the relationship. The mm. process creates the relationship. And I think when you can sit, that's why we stay small. We don't want five hundred machines just pumping out gear. Yeah. We we have a very small operation. And that's on purpose, so we can offer optimal quality, hmm. so that we can offer relationship. We do charge a little bit more for our embroidery work. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's because we don't make we don't make you buy five hundred pieces. Yeah, you know you can buy two, three, four, five pieces. Oh, and 
Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? So we start as little as one piece. Yeah. You want one hat to rock around for your brand? I won't knock you for it, buddy. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's how I started. That's cool. And I think that's why we started That's why we started this business because I got tired of being shut down by people who said, you have to have a minimum of 36 pieces. And then I would yep. get the minimums and then I would sit on inventory for months because mm. I couldn't move the product. And then what does that do for my self-esteem? It pushes my self-esteem down. Yep. And then now I feel like my brand is worth nothing or even the brand that I'm trying to start because I had to have a minimum. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of psychological things about that. And we really love working for the small business that says, hey, you know what? Let's take your idea and let's just journey it with you. Let's not take your idea and create something because we want to make the money. Let's take your idea and let's let's shepherd it together and let's see what comes of it. Mm. Because I can guarantee you, you start with a company with their process at the beginning, and then when they get to the second, third, fourth, fifth stage, and you're still there with them, you're gonna be their guy. Yeah, and they're gonna be happy. Absolutely. Everybody's happy. Absolutely. Right? Um, okay, so Adrian's gotta take off for class. Let's do one more question. Um, I'm just curious about your um, like your prediction for the future of like design, and like what designers will be doing you know, in the, in, mm. in the next decade and, and whatnot. You know what, and I, I was so prepared for this question. I'm so glad you asked this one because as I was looking down that list, that's the one that stumped me the most. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I think I got it. The one okay? that you're scared of. Which yeah, is, that was the one I was scared of. <laughs> but I'll, lead with, I'll leave you with this. Michael Wislowski. Okay, he wrote a book called Built to Sell. Built to Sell is a book about a guy who did everything. Okay, he did, he did, uh, he did um, logo design. He did copywriting. He did content creation. He did website building. He did all these different things within his company, and yet his company stayed very, very. I mean, it was like a five million dollar company at the time. He mm. wanted to sell his company. But he couldn't sell his company because the company was doing too many things, too many moving parts, money, too much money going in, too much money going yeah, out. He couldn't that. scale. Yep. So he had a buddy named Ted that his mentor came alongside of him and said, this is great, Mike. I'm glad that you're doing okay. Um, but you can't eat, really, because you're paying all these people and your biggest account can leave you at any day. So I think you should get rid of everything mm. and keep one thing. Hmm. And the one thing that he ended up keeping, which he was very uh, reluctant to, was just logo design. He mm. was amazing at logo design. He did a seven-step process in how to create a logo for people. Mm. He went from $250, $250 logo design to $10,000 logo design for customers. Nice. And that's what he attracted was the clients that would pay 10 15 grand for yeah. one logo. Um, so the moral of this story and how it ties into what is going on um, future for design, I yeah. think simplicity of what you offer, hmm. right? Um, I'm starting to see that everywhere. Look at look at, look at at a lot of the big um, chains that you love and we love, Chipotle. Okay. Their design of even on their brown paper bags, it's one-line designs, yeah. super simple, super effective. Mm -hmm. We're in a day and age now where there's so much static and there's so much stuff talking to us yeah. nowadays that... We can't really read between the lines per se anymore. We want to see the damn line. Mm. Just show me the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me what I want to see because I got ten seconds. That's a cool way to put it. You know. Yeah. So, um, even like barcodes are disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and not in the sense of like traditional barcodes. I'm talking about like now you see like QR scanners. Like people mm. don't even care about barcodes anymore. They're just like, yeah. boop, done. Get yeah. me out the door. Yeah. So, um, I think where where design is headed right now is a very simplistic state mm. um, where if I don't get it in 10 seconds, 
then I really don't care to try and get it. Yeah. And you can see that on Instagram mm -hmm. where the way designers are designing now, look around. You're mm -hmm. seeing a lot more words now than just creative embellishments. You're mm -hmm. seeing a word like nope. Like there's a brand called Nope. Yeah. yeah. And they're a multi million dollar brand because of the word nope with a period at the end. Like, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Nike so did simple. it. Yeah. Nike did it. True. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all they had. A phrase, just do it. Mm -hmm. And they built a empire off of it. Yeah. So I think design is really headed to a more simplistic state because there is so much noise out there on the internet. Mm. So, I mean, that's just my two cents about it. That's yeah. a lot of things that I've seen. And I think a lot of the things that sell most, I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, mm -hmm. it was unfortunate that that happened because of a tragedy, yeah. but just a simple statement of Black Lives Matter sold millions. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there's countless there's countless things that are selling right now that you can say it's just a freaking phrase or yeah. it's just a word, yeah. but it's selling. But it's got to be memorable. It's got to be pointed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah break, there's break definitely the some. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely some strategy yeah. um, and in the pursuit. Yeah. But the idea of the simplicity is a mm. thing that's selling nowadays. Dude, great answer. I love yeah. that. Um, okay, well, that's it. Our time's up, and oh. um, we could keep going, I know, for sure. Um, we could. <laughs> let's do it again. We'll, we'll find yeah, definitely. some other let's do, a, let's do a part two, man. Yeah. This has been great, and I yeah. really appreciate you, and what you're doing yeah. here in Salt Lake is super rad, and I can't wait to come back on. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Cheers.